0: Welcome to the Apostles Houston podcast, and thanks for listening. As a community following Jesus in Houston, we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things Jesus did. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we invite you to join us for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. in Houston Heights. For more information, visit us online at apostleshouston.org. Well, good morning. Uh, My name is David and um, the lead pastor here at Apostles. If I've not met you, I just want to say welcome. We're so glad you're here to worship with us. and. we are going through a sermon series on encounters with Jesus. Uh, And so if you want to grab a Bible, one of the Bibles in the seat backs near you, or open it up on your phone to Acts chapter 9 and turn there. As you're doing that, just a reminder that during the month of July, we're doing what we're calling family services. So during this month, uh, our kids will be invited to stay into the service uh, throughout. And if they want to come up to the front, we have a couple of baskets up here that have some activities for them. Uh, So you guys can just come up uh, and get one of those right now and, uh, and then take it back to your seat and you can follow along with the sermon and there's different things in there, including snacks. So if you needed any incentive, come get your activity. Sit down, Eric. You can't have any snacks. Uh, so, um, you guys want to get your bag? Go for it. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. Um, I've been really encouraged as we've been going through this service, or this series, and one of the reasons I've been encouraged uh, as well is because of what's happening on Wednesday nights. Uh, some of you have been able to join us. It's been uh, a great group, uh, great evenings of having dinner, and then we're talking through our series, uh, teaching series on engaging theology. And the front end of that series has been awesome because it's been talking about who Jesus is, who, who God, the triune God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how pivotal that is to understanding both who God is and who we are. And that really is our goal during this series as well, is to understand more fully who God is and how he's revealed himself in the person of Jesus. And the more we draw near to Jesus, the more we understand God's character and his heart and his incredible love for us uh, at the same time as immense holiness And so that's my hope this morning as we open up uh, the scriptures together, we would encounter this Jesus. And we're looking at him in in an unusual place. Uh, Maybe if you thought encounters with Jesus, well, we'll be in the Gospels all summer. Well, actually, we're going to be in Acts this morning. So uh, kind of a sneaky encounter with the risen Jesus here. Uh, So again, if you want to open up to Acts chapter 9, we're going to be looking at Jesus' encounter on the road to Damascus, that famous encounter that Saul has. Uh, We'll be looking together. Again, Acts 9, 1 through 19. And this morning, as we, uh, as we look at this, I wanna begin by asking you a question. And the question is really this. Do you believe that people can really change? Do you believe that people can really change? And I don't just mean kind of in theory. Um, and I don't mean just give me the pat Christian answer. Um, I mean, do you in the core of who you are, do you at the deepest level believe that fundamentally people can really change? Or do they kind of reach a point where they just kind of are who they are and they're not going to change? There's not real transformation possible. So to kind of help us engage with the question a little more, think think about this. For example, think of someone in your life who has wronged you and really hurt you or maybe rejected you. Think about that person. So you got that person in your mind because we all have those people. Uh, So imagine that person um, and, and, and imagine that person becoming completely different, the kind of person that hasn't hurt you or won't hurt you again, the person that you could trust where trust has been lost. Imagine the kind of person uh, who has been deeply offensive or wronged you being completely transformed. Can you imagine that person changing, right? Oftentimes in my life, when I have those people that I've encountered that have hurt me, the truth is, at some point, I began to give up on the belief that they could actually change. The question is, do you pray for them? Has your prayer become less and less, well, has it become half-hearted over time? Or maybe you just completely give up. They're too far gone, they're too set in their ways, they're too hard-hearted, they're too unhealthy, they're too fill in the blank. They'll never change. So that's, that's one way I think into the question. I wanna, I wanna now flip the script and I want you to think about yourself in response to this question. Can you change? I mean really change. Consider an area of your life where you have struggled with something struggle with something for a long time. Maybe it's just a bad habit. Maybe it's uh, something more significant, it's a, it's a meaningful relationship in your family, or maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's something uh, like an addiction. And you just can't seem to get control of it. You can't seem to fix it. And you're wondering, can this ever change? You feel frustrated, you feel discouraged, you feel hopeless. Are you too far gone? Are you too set in your ways? Are you never going to overcome it, never heal, never really be free? Do you believe that people can really change? Here's what I want to encourage you with this morning is the answer to that question is, can people really change? The answer from Scripture, the answer from Jesus is yes. They really can, and you really can change. That's why I'm excited to look at Acts chapter nine this morning, because we encounter uh, someone who encounters this Jesus and has their life completely transformed, completely changed. And it stands as a testimony to what God can do in your life and in my life. And so I, I wanted to encourage us. So again, open your Bibles to Acts chapter nine, as we look at this incredible encounter that Saul has with Jesus. And we were talking, uh, just a little side note, in staff this week about Saul's name. And a lot of times we, we've kind of come into the idea that Saul got his new name, Paul, uh, because of his conversion here. Actually, that's not why his name uh, becomes known as Paul. So his name, his, his Hebrew name is Saul. He's also uh, uh, versed in Greek, and so there's this Hellenistic ministry that he And uh, and receives and so he changes or over time his name becomes Paul because that's the Greek name that he would use as he's ministering and we find this out here in Acts uh, out of his call to the Gentiles. So this is Saul Paul. So forgive me if at times I get mixed up. I just say that because sometimes I may say Paul and you know I mean Saul or if I say Saul you'll know why he eventually changed his name to Paul. So that's who we're talking about. Same guy, Saul Paul. And This is what it tells us here at the beginning of Acts chapter nine. It says, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters uh, to the synagogues at Damascus that if he found any belonging to the way, we've talked about this before, the hodos, the way. This is what Christians, early Christians, were called. They were falling in the way of Jesus. These men or women that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So we get a really clear picture of who Saul is right here in these opening verses. Saul is a man that no one, including himself, would have ever expected to change in the way that he did. What we know here is that he's a man of deep conviction. He is a man of deep passion. He is a Pharisee, part of a group devoutly committed to God and to keeping the religious law. And he is dead set against Jesus and his followers because he thinks they are actually going against God's law, which means they are going against God himself. That's his conviction. So to Saul, Jesus is a dead man, and his followers are a threat to the Jewish faith and way of life. Their beliefs were dangerous and harmful, and so he's made it his mission in life to stop them, no matter what it takes. So if you've ever seen or read Les Mis, He's, he's kind of like Inspector Valjean, right? That's it, this guy. He's just got one mission in life. He's gonna track down every member of this way if it, he does it till he dies. That's his, uh, his mindset. Unrelenting. He's traveling the country, searching for people who've joined the way. And as he's traveling down the road to Damascus, something happens. Look what it says next. Now, as Saul went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who's saying that? Jesus, Jesus himself, the resurrected Lord, the ascended Lord at the right hand of the Father, calls down, why are you persecuting me? Who's, Who's Saul persecuting? Jesus, how is he persecuting Jesus? By persecuting the church, the way, right? So the body of Christ, right? He's persecuting the church, which means he's persecuting Jesus. And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And so Saul says, who are you, Lord? Because he doesn't know Jesus as the son of God. Who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you'll be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. So Saul has this personal encounter with the risen and ascended Jesus along the road and the risen Jesus poses this piercing question to him, why are you persecuting me? Why are you so against me, Saul? And with that question, and notice it's it's a question. Jesus just poses a question. The power of the gospel in a single question. Sometimes we think we have to lay out everything for people. Sometimes it's just one Holy Spirit inspired question that will pierce people's hearts. And that's what happens for Saul. His whole world is turned upside down. God, the God he sought to honor is actually the very God he has been acting against. His deepest convictions, what he thought was doing good is actually evil. And so he's convicted, he's cut to the heart, he's humbled. And so in this moment, it says, Saul rose from the ground and although his eyes were open, He saw nothing. I love that line. His eyes were open, but he sees nothing. What was going on before? His eyes were open, right? And he could see nothing. So now symbolically his eyes are closed, and yet he's beginning to see for the first time. We'll talk about that in a moment. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now later in verse 17, it tells us that after three days, something like scales fell off of his eyes, and he regained his sight. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was baptized. What a transformation, right? This proud, passionate, powerful young leader has been brought to his knees. This man who thought he could see everything has been left blind. This man who set out to take down Jesus' followers, take them captive, bind them, and take them back to Jerusalem. He is a humble and broken man. He has been undone at the feet of Jesus. In a word, he is changed through a very personal and powerful encounter with the risen Jesus Christ. And while Saul's experience is unique, I would, I would dare to say it's not uncommon. People still personally encounter this Jesus today. And that gives us hope. That means real change, deep change, life change is possible your personal, life-changing encounter with the risen Jesus. That's why we're here today. We've experienced that, and we want others to experience that. And my hope today is that we'd be both encouraged in the change that has happened and is happening in us, and if we've not experienced that and we're here today, that you would know it for the first time by personally encountering this Jesus. And so I wanna highlight three things this morning that happened through this encounter with Jesus that I think minister to us as we encounter this same Jesus. And the first one is this. Through Jesus, we discover a loving God who relentlessly pursues us. Through Jesus, we encounter a loving God who relentlessly pursues us. It's tempting to read a story like this, especially as we're doing this morning, kind of just dropping in. And I'd encourage you to go back and read through Acts and come to Acts 9 and kind of see how it fits. But it's easy to think That this just happened out of the blue. This is just a moment in time and there was nothing preceding it. And yet we need to have some perspective. The truth is that God has been pursuing Saul for a long time. In Ephesians 1, Paul reflecting back on this moment, he he says that God chooses us before the foundations of the world, that God chose him before the foundations of the world were laid. In other words, Saul is convinced that God had been pursuing him from the very beginning of time. Not just the beginning of his life, but from the very beginning of creation. God had loved him and loves him that much. He loves you and he loves me that much. He's been thinking about you since the creation of time itself. And so he's on this mission. He's on this mission to reveal that love To us, and he's revealing it to Saul over and over in this inexhaustible pursuit. And so there's this paradox at work here. Even when people appear far from God, right? We talked about this before, even though people may appear far from God, God is not far from them. When we feel far from God, he is with us, he is relentlessly pursuing you out of his love for you. In fact, in my experience, Those who are most hostile to faith, like Saul, are often the ones who are wrestling the most with God and are nearer to God than they realize. Some of you are familiar with the story of C.S. Lewis uh, as a committed atheist. Uh, Before he became a Christian, which is how most of us think of him today, uh, he was dead set against any kind of orthodox belief in this Jesus And in describing his own conversion, he said this. He said, I became aware I was holding something at bay or shutting something out or that I was wearing some kind of stiff clothing or even a suit of armor. I felt myself being there and then given a free choice. I could open the door or I could keep it shut. Lewis was dead set against God until he wasn't, until he opened himself up. He was saying no, 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 no. And no matter how many no's he said, what mattered was the one time he said yes. And that became a yes for life, a yes to Jesus. So I encourage you, wherever you are today, God is not far away. He may feel far away, but he's not far from you. He is near to you. He is lovingly and relentlessly pursuing you. You may want nothing to do with him. You may be resistant. You may feel unforgivable. You may feel unlovable. But Jesus is right there with you. He always has been, and he always will be. So that's the first thing, is that through Jesus, God is relentlessly pursuing us, The second thing I wanna highlight here is that with Saul, we see an encounter with Jesus can reveal our blindness. An encounter with Jesus has the power to reveal our blindness. Verse eight, although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. (laughs) Saul knew a lot about God, a lot, way more than any of us, me included, way more. He knew a lot about God, and yet somehow he was spiritually blind to Jesus. Jesus. It's not just about knowing a lot about God. We can miss things, even in our best intentions. He thought he knew who Jesus was, but he didn't. He thought he was doing good, when in reality he was doing evil. That gives me serious pause. (laughs) As someone who's given his life to a religious pursuit, it gives me pause to read a story about a man who had done the same and was on the completely wrong track. It ought to give all of us pause, because the same can be true for us. We can be passionate, committed, well-meaning people, and we can be totally wrong. Our eyes can be open, and we can see nothing. We're finite creatures with limited perspectives and blind spots the size of Texas. That's who we are as human beings. We can be blind. Blind to the extent of our fear and our doubt, blind to the depths of our selfishness, blind to the consequences of our choices, blind to the needs of others, blind, blind, blindness abounds. To encounter Jesus is to come face to face with that truth. To encounter Jesus is to encounter someone who can truly see, who can see for us and see us as we really are and who can then as a loving God, speak truth to us about our condition. Not the us we project to the world, the healthy, confident, strong, resilient us, but the the fearful us, the insecure us, the broken us, the tired and proud version of me. When Saul encountered Jesus, he had to acknowledge that, that he was wrong, Wrong about life and wrong about himself and wrong about Jesus. We don't really talk about it this way, but encountering Jesus is kind of terrifying. If you really encounter him, this, this encounter on the road to Damascus was a terrifying experience. It's like stepping out of the dark into the spotlight. I mean, God's light, do you notice that, shines down on Saul and reveals everything. It's like realizing suddenly you've been walking around everywhere naked (laughs) and nobody told you. We feel exposed when we come to the feet of Jesus. And we can't pretend, we can't fake it, we can't hide it. God sees us for who we are. He's not blind, we are. And so maybe the thought of Jesus, of God seeing you, and maybe even the thought of seeing yourself honestly is, is a terrifying thing. But if we want to be changed, we have to be honest. And Jesus can help us do that. And if we can admit that we are blind, then we're ready for our eyes to be opened. So an encounter with Jesus helps us see how blind we are. And then on the other side of that, an encounter with Jesus really does have the power to open our eyes, truly open our eyes, our spiritual eyes to see, maybe for the first time. Three days after Jesus appeared to Saul, we're told that something like scales fell from his eyes and he could see again. What happens immediately after that? What's the text tell us? What happens? He's baptized, (laughs) The transformation is embodied in his baptism. Reborn is Saul into this life in Jesus. A powerful picture of what's happened in Saul's heart. It's one of the gifts that Jesus has given us as the church the gift of baptism. It's a, it's a tangible, physical expression of this transformation. Can people change? Yes. And how do we know we believe that? Because we baptize, because you've been baptized because you have been reborn through faith in this Jesus. Saul, who had been blind, can now see. Saul, the enemy of God, now experiences the unmerited love of God. Saul, who had been breathing murderous threats, is now filled with the spirit of God. And in the waters of baptism, he is forgiven and raised to new life in Jesus. Saul becomes a new man, a new person, a new human. In fact, he... he, he, He takes up this whole new way of life, this whole new mission. The the rest of Acts as it unfolds and the New Testament would not be what it is without this man, Saul, who we call Paul. He became one of the most effective and compelling witnesses for Jesus in human history, a man deeply humbled and transformed by Jesus Christ. Jesus can change people. Many of you in this room could stand up and you could testify to that right now. Again, it's why you're here. It's because Jesus has transformed you. He's changed your life, and you've devoted your life to him, to trusting him and obeying him, to following him, to being a part of the way. God's changed you, and it's through you. He's changed others. Maybe he's changed your spouse. Maybe he's changed your friends. Maybe he's changed your mom and your dad. Jesus is in the business of changing lives. Many of you are here today and you don't feel like you've changed. Maybe it's in some small way. You're struggling. You wish you could change and you just haven't. A few of you may be here today and you feel like this whole idea of change through Jesus is a foreign concept. And I just want to invite you all, encourage you, and give you hope that you can change. You can change. Again, maybe it's a deep wound you thought would never heal. Maybe it's a false belief about who you are that you've lived with since you were a child that you cannot see around. And you can be free from it. Maybe it's an addiction that has its tentacles in every part of you. It is strangling life out of you, even as you sit here today. And the truth is that God can change that too. He can change you. He can change your life. It's what he longs to do and what he alone can do. And I just want to encourage you, it's not about trying harder. Some of us have tried that way. Just try harder, do better, make another commitment, pray another prayer. I'll try harder, I won't mess up again. I can fix this, I can do this. If I can just get control. It's not about that. It's about the fact that there's a God who loves you and who's relentlessly pursuing you. Who knows and loves you as you are and all your spiritual blindness and your brokenness, and he invites you to let go of control, to surrender your whole self to him, and to trust him, to put your faith in him. I've found in my own life, those moments where I'm most resistant to doing that are the exact places that God wants to bring breakthrough in my life. That's when I'm willing to acknowledge my weakness and my brokenness before him that he can really do the deep heart transformational work that he longs to do. And so that's my prayer for us this morning. Having looked at this amazing encounter with Saul and Jesus on the road to Damascus, that we would believe that we can change, that people around us can change. And that we would pray to that end and we would surrender to that end. We would believe in this Jesus together. And so I wanna pray just as I end and pray for myself as much as I'm praying for any one of us this morning, that we would encounter this Jesus, that we would know that he loves us and can transform us. So would you close your eyes and just bow your head and just receive this prayer. Lord, I just wanna pray and thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for um, for the fact that you recorded moments like this in history for us so that we might believe in this Jesus. And so Lord, I wanna pray for everybody in this room, wherever they are with you. And above all, I pray that they would have a personal encounter with your son, Jesus Christ. If you think your heart is too hard for God to break through, it's not. He can do that right now if you'll surrender. Your life is not too far off track for God to save you. You're not too bad for him to forgive you. He loves you. He has been pursuing you from the beginning of time. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to believe that, not just know it, to believe it and to see who you really are so that we might see who we really are. Help us be honest about our need before you, our brokenness and our sin, that we might confess it together and in the quiet of our own hearts and receive your grace and know that we have been washed clean, that the scales have fallen from our eyes, that we know we are yours, that we have been and are being changed. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope this resource has been helpful to you. If you have questions or are just looking for more information, you can check out our website at ApostlesHouston.org.